Three, two, one. Did you do a clap? Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, well, let's get started. It's marked it on my thing. That's all right. That's all that matters. All that matters. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dark Natter, the podcast where we are crushed and eviscerated beneath the horrifying, inescapable power of one man's ambition. <laughs> I am John Richter. And I'm Liam Martin, eating wine gums. <laughs> I was going to say, what are you sound like? For some reason, it, it sounded like you were eating Rivita. Oh, really? Mm. I got that very wrong. Very wrong, wrong yeah. It sounded, it sounded like a dry... Salivary chew, not not a, a sort of a, a um, you know a brittle one rather than a wine gum one. Although I suppose wine gums are quite sticky, aren't they? Yeah, I've got two left, so it won't go on for too long. It's all right. It's, it's adding a new layer mm. of. Um, it's giving an in- insight into you know the listeners are getting to learn more about you than they knew before. What flavour is your favourite? Orange, orange, and green. Controversial green. Whoa. Yeah, Jeez. orange and green. Yes. Sicko. I consider wine gums to be like an old, an old school sweet. They're not. You know. Well, let me tell you something. If you are going to get a pack, go for the supermarket's own brand versions. They're nicer than the Maynard ones, and that I've tested Sainsbury's, Waitrose, and Tesco on that. I'm getting mixed up between wine gums and fruit gums. Wine gums are still quite soft, aren't they? I'm thinking of those rock hard ones. Do you remember them? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're good as well, yeah. The ones you're on about have got that... Um, they used to have that advert, didn't they, where there was that bloke going, there's juice! Yeah, loose. that's right. I bet that's Like um, Russ Abbott style, man, wasn't it? That's exactly it. As in, a Scottish man. Yeah, babe. With a... What were on their mats? What are they called? The Tam O'Shanter. Anyway! I finished me wine gums. I was stalling, but so I'm yeah, this has gone exactly as planned. Um, in a change to our scheduled programming, we were going to record an episode about something else, but then we both ended up watching a show, which we will explain momentarily what it is, and I think it's fair to say, loved it so much that we were just desperate to talk about it, so we thought we'd just do that instead. Is that a fair summary, Liam? Let's just say I was berserk when you told me of the change. (laughs) It's very good. And so... 
neither of us is really pitching it to the other. We're just both pitching it to ourselves, and it's definitely <laughs> which means get it's definitely getting in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no suspense whatsoever. <laughs> and that thing is well, it's at, I'm saying it's a show. Of course, it's primarily a long-running manga spanning. Well, it's been running for what nearly over thirty years. Wow, which is unbelievable, and is still going. Um, which has obviously been converted into anime, it's been converted into some animated movies and various video games, as you might be unsurprised to find out, because any any manga seems to make it into those other formats eventually. And that show is, of course, Berserk, which you've either never heard of, or you might have heard of it as an often cited inspiration for the Dark Souls games, yeah. I suppose. And that, that's how I heard of it, and I think same for you. Am I right in thinking that? You are spot on. Yeah. You are spot on. It, it, but basically, a bit like... Uh, I'm trying to think of other things that I've kind of stumbled upon through Dark Souls. Probably, in, in, a, in a way, Junji Ito, although also that was through Silent Hills. Mis- misery. Oh, what, just misery in general? Yeah. Not not the Stephen King no, level, no, no, just no. sadness. Yeah. <laughs> sadness. <laughs> it's just, yeah, grief. Uh, um, what's the word? Crestfallenness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, depression. Yeah, and Berserk is often, yeah, people say it's, it's a big influence, and it definitely is. Oh, definitely, yeah. You can probably count, what, about 20 things that the Souls games have, have kind of just nicked from it, yeah, to be honest. Definitely, yeah. And, and, and not just Souls, though, to be fair, like Final Fantasy as well, 7. Oh, you're so right. It couldn't be more, um, what's the word? It's not It's not exactly been ripped off, no. but it's so heavily inspired some aspects of that particular, you know, wildly popular game, Final Fantasy 7, that um, it almost borders on a bit of a rip-off, in, in a way. But we'll get to We'll get to that. So yeah, Berserk, manga. First came out in 1989, created by Kentaro Miura, who presumably is an old fella now, and he's still doing it, still churning out those um, those mangas, and they have I think they've got over 40 million copies in circulation, so hugely wow. successful and famous in its native Japan. Uh, we I've read a couple of them so far. Don't know if you've had a look at any of the mangas yet. Yeah, I've I've, I've read I've read just one so far one volume it's, I find it I don't know there's a lot of action and sword play but I, so for that reason I find it a little bit hard to sort of follow as a in, in its kind of graphic novel comic form. I know what you mean yeah I know what you mean I think also because manga as well you know if you're used to reading western comics manga's a little bit differently you read from the back page don't you so already it's yes slightly Confusing. Well, well, it's just slightly different than than you would expect if you grew up reading, you know, just American and English comics. So there's so yeah. there's that, and then so you read the panels a different way, the other way round, and then as you say, with it's being very kind of action packed, it it can be a little bit. But um, I, I didn't really get that myself, but I can see I can see what you mean. And, and of course, it's it's known as um, a series that is unfinished. And I've kind of moaned about that in the past on this show, that I don't really like watching or reading or consuming things that I know don't have an ending. Yeah. Because I want to know I'm going into a story with a beginning, middle and an end. So in some ways, that probably would have motivated me only to just read a couple out of interest because of the Dark Souls thing and then move on. But then because there are a couple of relatively short anime series available, 
I thought, ah, sod it, let's just watch them. There's one that came out in 2016 and ran for two series, Mm. which I stupidly watched first and enjoyed, as we'll get on to. And then uh, that would have been it, really, for me with Berserk. Like enjoyable thing, but then you watched the 1997 anime, which is generally regarded as better, and it's it's amazing, isn't it? It's great, really good. Yeah, Um, see, I'm not sure how the sort of hardcore fans feel about it, but it's made me want become a hardcore fan because yeah it's had that effect on me i'm dead i've gone from being a person who vaguely knows of the existence of a thing exactly a big massive berserk fan i'll probably buy a t-shirt and we should probably say for the sake of full disclosure like neither of us well we've already said we haven't consumed everything there is to do with berserk um but Played, we've both played some of the video games we've both watched uh, as much of the anime as we can um well basically all of it um uh it's just really the manga we're, we're kind of catching up on um because yeah. because we enjoyed it so much and we've just been talking about it haven't we for like the last month yeah correct and um and, and you're exactly right so we're not we're not professing to be uh absolute berserk we are berserk about berserk <laughs> yeah. but we are not expert berserkers yet but yeah but, we um, we just both enjoyed it so much and we just wanted to talk about it yeah Maybe to sort of explain, well, first of all, a thing we often forget to do, which is quite bad, is a big, massive, enormous spoiler warning. Yeah. So we will probably focus again on the plots of the animes, particularly the older one yeah. from the, the Golden Age arc. Because that that's probably the most important story arc from what I gather of the series. It It sets up... The whole thing, basically, yeah. The, the protagonist, the antagonist, what's happening, why it's yeah. happening. So I agree with you from my understanding is almost that's the, that feels like the kind of must see or must read. Well, it, my advice to any listeners who haven't, um, are not familiar with Berserk, stop listening to this, go and watch the 1997 anime. It's 25 episodes on YouTube, so you can watch it for free and they're only about 20 minutes yeah. long an episode. So it won't take you that long to just binge it. And then come back. And if you've just done that and now you're back, we are now going to spoil the shit out of it. And, so, uh, and if you yeah. do like that, if you like it, then you're almost certainly going to want to read the manga, watch the 2016 series, watch the film. So, yeah, I'm confident that that, for me, is like, if you watch that, that's the one that will kind of decide whether you're... Into it or not. Yeah, yeah. It, and we we've... I suppose now we're into spoiler territory, we can talk about what it's about. So, in effect, it's the story of a bloke called the Black Swordsman, whose real name, and it seems this seems to be his actual real name rather than a nickname, is Guts, which is <laughs> which is really funny. And I guess that's where I started. Like, when I first watched it, it's like, all right, okay, it's a massive muscle man with a ridiculously big sword, stupidly big, almost as big as him, about a foot wide. It's laughably huge, um, and and of course there's a whole like you know phallic thing there going on with them. Oh yeah, look at the size of my sword, and it's that's kind of there is a there is a whole sexual thing massively, bubbling yeah. under the whole massively. of the show. Um, so guts has got a massive sword. He's got one eye and one arm, but his arm that's been that he's lost has been replaced by a sort of combination crossbow and cannon, yeah. which is handy, I guess. Um, 
he lives in a sort of me- fantasy medieval type Tolkien-esque fantasy world and he is seemingly pursuing a sort of one-man crusade of vengeance against a load of demons who are hunting him because he's got a brand on his neck. Yeah. And, and that's one of the first... We won't just keep ticking off Dark Souls comparisons, but even the brand itself is, is just incredibly similar to the, the symbol that, that features in the Dark Souls <laughs> games. Even the design of it uh, is similar to the... Is it called the Dark Sign? Have I got that right? Or is it... Oh, am I getting confused with the Hunter's Mark in Bloodborne? Sorry. That, that's quite similar. Yes. Possibly. One or other. But, it's, yeah, the, the thing is just a wash with... Yeah, there's low, if, you, if you're a Souls fan and you watch it, you'll be like, oh, right, it's that, and oh, right, it's that. Anyway, so Guts is... And he's, um, he's a completely miserable bastard, isn't he? Yep. Sullen, sort of grumpy, churlish... What, what, what other words would you use to describe him? Uh, hard. <laughs> Big. Uh, a prick. He is a bit of a prick, yeah. <laughs> He's not a very nice person, is Single-minded. He? Yeah. Uh, although, although obviously, you know, when you get into the story there, you see him drop his guard a little bit at some points, and and you find out why he's so single-minded. And he just, you know, he's a bit... I think he's a bit like Jack Reacher, in a way. You know, gigantic muscle man, rock <laughs> hard, sort of stands up for the little guy against the, the, the villainous kind of... Not corporate, but you know what I mean, against authority figures... But also just borders on being a sadist. So, are you saying that Tom Cruise should play Guts in a live act, live action movie? <laughs> hey, who would you cast as Guts? That's that a great a question. question that. Well, Tom Cruise. Other, yeah, other, than, other than Tom Cruise, who's no. And, and you could use just you could just have a normal sword because it would look huge on him anyway. Hey, <laughs> he could he could use a letter opener, couldn't he? All that go. Swiss Army knife. Um, the sword is the sword is is brilliant. It's almost one of the best things about it. Is like I'm sure there's I can't even remember if I've, if this actually happens or if I've merged together some different scenes in my head. But I'm sure there's a bit where some pompous knight on a horse rocks up and he's like, "You there, peasant? What are you doing? You're not allowed in these lands." And you know he's giving it that Guts needs to turn around and bugger off. And Guts just gets his sword out and chops the knight and the horse in <laughs> half with one. <laughs> with one blow, that's that's the kind of guy we're talking about. He reminds me a little bit of um, Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star, mm-hmm. which is the only other manga I've been like really religiously into. Um, and I think this is better actually, but yeah, he kind of reminds me a bit of uh, Kenshiro, maybe a bigger prick than Kenshiro in a you know in the nicest possible way. He, he he's a real arsehole at points, like to the point of, you know, like when you get that whole like, oh, yeah, I'm really cool and, and sulky and broody, and then other times you, you're just like, oh no, that's you're just not a very nice person, yeah. you dick. So he's he's a proper anti-hero, but yeah. So if you if you start reading the manga or if you watch the more recent anime as I did, you basically see guts having various adventures on his quest to you know, escape from slash rid the world of these demons and we'll we'll come to some of them in a minute. But you don't get filled in particularly on why has he got one arm, why is he such a miserable bastard, what happened to his eye. There's loads of sort of unanswered yeah. things that are kind of alluded to in his past. Whereas the nineteen ninety seven 
anime series is a direct prequel. Yeah. It fills in all of those gaps and it shows you exactly what happened and mm. why Guts is in this situation. And, and it miss it. It does miss a lot of things out. Kind of, it makes sense in if you take the ninety nine seven series as you know its own self contained thing. Um, it makes sense why they have left certain things out, like the Skull Knight and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, for for just a general kind of guide to guts and berserk in general, then yeah, it, it kind of tells you what you need to know. Yeah, and in some ways, and again, I may this may be completely wrong. So if I do read the manga originals of this prequel, I may prefer those. But the anime just felt like such a good, self-contained, well-told story yeah. that I almost feel like it didn't... You know what I mean? It was. It felt quite perfect to me in that 25 episodes. Well, yeah, because, because it, whilst it doesn't show how he escapes the thing that happens at the end, which we talk about, if they had gone with the thing that happens in the manga, then it would have been... They wouldn't have really been able to explain it anyway, so... Yeah, I don't know. I think I think they probably cut things for the for the right reason, you know. It, yeah, it's like that. That sometimes people get, I think, get a bit hung up on. Oh, the film adaptation of such and such a book or game or comic or whatever is bad because it it changed X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I don't mind changes as long as they're good changes. Yeah. So, a random example, I think the Watchmen's movie ending is actually better than the graphic novel. Controversial opinion, but. It, I don't mind a change as long as it's justifiable and, mm. and and improves upon it. I think I'd agree with that, actually, about Watchmen. It just was neater, wasn't it? Just a neater package, you know what I mean? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Made, made Just made a bit more sense, didn't it? I thought so. I mean, there, yeah. Some other aspects of that film, not as no. good. Like the fact that you can see who the villain is in the opening scene when he's meant to be in shadow and you can just <laughs> see his face. Like, what the hell? Anyway, sorry. We should cover the Watchmen on a different episode. So, uh, Guts, in the anime, the first episode Tom is... Bombadil. <clears throat> that's t- what, that's who you would cast as it? No. <laughs> um, is a good example of when they've cut something out that probably they were right to for a film. Oh, from Lord, Lord of the Rings, Rings yeah. or The Hobbit, or whichever one it is. Yeah, but then they f- they cut out bloody Saruman's death, which was a shit decision. Like, why did they... Yeah, that was Christopher Lee shit. never got resolved. Really shit. Well, he does you know in the mean? extended version, but it's different to how it was in the book. But he does still get killed. Apparently in the original cinematic version of The Fellowship of the Ring, you could see a car going past in the background. Oh, in really? The scenes, and they had to, like, retrospectively fix it, yeah. Ah. Apparently. It was driven by Christopher Lee. It was <laughs> Saruman driving it. That's how he got away. That's how they got to Mordor, wasn't it? Just... <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, they just robbed the car. And, yeah. Why don't they just get those fucking eagles to carry him there? Yeah, that, that's the... Uh, uh, yeah, everyone yeah. says that, don't they? Often cited... Uh, I think, sort of if I remember correctly, they kind of explain that in the book. Do they? I think so. I'm sure... I'm sure uh, Gandalf kind of says that... You can't expect the eagles to do everything, basically. Like, <laughs> they only go one way. Oh, no, no, like we, to, we everyone knows that. Can't ask them to do too much. I can't remember. Maybe, maybe I've imagined that. Maybe I've imagined that. I'm sure they kind of explain <laughs> no, it though. No, you've convinced me. <laughs> where were we? Oh yeah, guts. So you get one episode of guts hunting down some demon 
lord of a village or yeah. he's, he's ruling over some small hamlet or whatever you call it and he's torturing he's tormenting the people and they're eating them I think if I remember rightly and he's like a real scumbag who's like a he sort of comes across like a vampire and he wears that snake styled I thought you meant guts for a minute I was going to say what <laughs> oh no the, you, <laughs> no, you remember in, yeah. in the first episode no no I, I know what you're on about yeah, I know what you're vampire. on about yeah there's a load of that in this you know suits of armour that are styled to look like animals yes yeah there's loads of yeah. them this guy has like a snake that's one, right so it's like it looks like he's peering out from inside a snake's mouth and then anyway guts eventually gets the better of him and chops him to shreds and then he just Pumps loads of crossbows into his face. Crossbow bolts are like point blank range. While well, he's giving him a big monologue about, you know, I'm going to wipe you from the face of the earth, you bastards. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, this guy, he's sick. And then, yeah, uh, good, good introduction to, you know, what he's all about. And then the next episode flashes way back into the past and the rest of it is told as a flashback, isn't it? So it's basically, you know, how did Guts become as he is, including his massive whacking great sword? And it, it skate over maybe the early details. He's basically just a kid who has a really troubled past. He's involved. Who's that guy Gambino? Yeah. Who he ends up sort of being looked after. Does he get rescued from a battlefield or something as a child? Well, I'm under the impression that Gambino may have abused him in in the manga. It's not... I don't think that's clear in the film, in the anime. In the anime, it's like... See, I've kind of... I've almost forgotten it because I've watched so much and read so much since, but my memory is that he was all trying to kind of like prove himself to Gambino and then didn't Gambino kind of get almost a bit jealous of him or yeah and sort of betrayed him and he was like you know I'm sick of you you're a burden to me I'm gonna kill you and then, and then he and killed him to defend up, stab, he stabs Gambino to de- in, yeah in self defence and the rest of the band of brigands or whatever they are is like that, that little that little shit he killed Gambino let's get him so poor Guts is doing a runner on a horse and he's only about what I don't know 10 years old or something at this point gets shot with a crossbow in the side, falls off the horse, falls down a ravine. They all leave him for dead. And he sort of drags himself to some... Yeah, the next time I we see him, as far as I can recall, is... Th- there must be a point at which he meets that blacksmith, mustn't there? And I feel like that... Because that's where he gets the sword in the first place. Yeah. But then the next... So I, I feel like the blacksmith must rescue him and take him in as a, as a wounded young man you know maybe he thinks he's going to be his apprentice or something but he ends up acquiring this really big solid I mean a lot of this a lot of the sword play in this seems to revolve around whose sword is the hardest <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that's true yeah. Like smashing yeah. like I don't remember that being true no, in any other no. sort of medieval type setting like it's whoever can smash the other person's sword first but Guts seems to have a rock hard sword and yeah the next we see of him he's a bit older he, he seems like he's almost late teens or or whatever, and he's he's a mercenary by this point, and he's he's taking he's you know fight mercenary soldiers, so he's fighting for whoever's paying him and his mates, and he has to fight some absolutely massive knight who's just almost like comically large, you know this ridiculous kind of suit of armor, and you know much to the shock of everyone watching this famed knight, you know guts soundly defeats him and kills him. Yep. And I think it's at that point that he gets spotted. Is that the point when Griffith first spots him? 
Yeah, well, it's worth pointing out as well that the night he fights, that's your first kind of big Dark Souls reference because it looks like uh, Sigmire, doesn't it? Yeah, he's got the same armor, yeah. the sort of onion-style, right. bulbous kind of rotund armor. Yeah, you're quite right that the, all the sort of inspirations keep coming. Well, it, yeah, he he gets he gets paid and then he leaves and he's walking along and the um, band of the hawks spot him and that snidey little one, what's his name? Uh, Caucus, yeah, decides it they should rob him of his money because he wanted to kill the Onion Knight. And then he obviously guts just dispatches them with ease. And then Griffith comes down and... Uh, That's it. And, and beats him. Yeah, it's, so in effect, it introduces the Band of the Hawk, who are some sort of infamous mercenary gang, led by this knight called Griffith. He's He, in effect, is the, what I guess, what do you call it, the general, the, the ultimate leader. And then his, his number two is a female warrior, a very beautiful female warrior called Casca. Casca! Which, you'll get, if, you, if you do get into Berserk, you'll hear a lot of people going, Casca! Lots, yeah. lots of times. Everyone loves Casca and worries about her. Um, and yeah, Griffith, well, let's, we'll cover the characters in a second. In terms of what happens, yeah, Griffith's men are a bit of an unruly rabble of, sort of misfits and brigands that he's sort of cobbled together and plucked from, you know, plucked from the various sort of nefarious backstories to form them into this unit, which is a bit like Sharp's company in the, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like they're all yeah. like ragtag ruffians, but they're really effective. So yeah, you get people like Caucus, who's just a bit of a rotten kind of scoundrel. And then you get, you know, there's that really big one called Pippin. Yeah, Pippin. Who's oh. like a lovable oaf. There's the guy with the, kni- the throwing knives called Judo. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Rickett or Rickett? Yeah, he's, he's, he's like the little like kid. A young, yeah. Like a kid one. But but yeah, the, the, the most important characters in those we've just listed are those of Griffith and Casca. Casca! <laughs> Sorry, I've pronounced <laughs> pronounce it correctly. Casca is, in effect, a beautiful sword swordswoman who is incredibly skilled, fights guts, and is on the verge of losing to him, which is what causes Griffith himself to intervene. And Griffith is a handsome fella, isn't he? By God, he is, yeah. Lovely flowing white hair. The the white hawk. Beautiful, pretty face. The white hawk himself. God, what a guy. It's kind of funny how how perfect he is. Like, not only is he unbelievably, stunningly handsome, he's also... Incredibly talented swordsman, yeah. You know, military genius, and there's just no, there's nothing wrong with him, no. and, he, and he's also like really kind and nice, kind, nice, charismatic, and and his followers, the Bandahor, absolutely worship him, don't they? They would, they would, yeah, go to the ends of the earth for him. He's that kind of leader. What a guy, and and like. Even, you know, Casca, she worships a ground he walks on because he saved her from a horrible situation where she was being, you know, abused by some nobleman. Oh, yeah. So yeah. all of, yeah, horrible. So all of them kind of owe him a debt. Yeah. And that's how he's kind of put this group together. So he, despite Guts's incredible prowess with his massive sword, Griffith with his little rapier, you know, a little kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? sophisticated sword <laughs> yeah. he manages to he, he he defeats Guts in a fight doesn't he yeah but 
he's so impressed with guts because you get the impression Griffith has never ever been you know no one can touch him he's so good like there's a bit when guts heaves the big sword at him and Griffith somehow manages to like stand on it yeah yeah (laughs) he sort of teleports onto the sword which is quite hilarious but then he, he points his sword at Guts's face and he's giving it the old, you know, I've beaten you, this proves my superiority. And then Guts, like, clamps teeth his on teeth it. That's the on best the end bit. of the sword. Yeah. It's just, like, ridiculous. But, so... It's so hard, isn't it? He's so, he's so tough and he just won't give up. Ah, oh, damn you. He, he, he says to Griffith at one point, you make me sick! Because <laughs> yeah. like, he beat you. So, um... Griffith breaks, or he dislocates Guts's shoulder to, you know, officially end the contest. But instead of killing him, even though all his men are like, kill him, kill him, boss. Instead, they sort of take him in, heal him back to health. And Griffith basically is like, you are, you know, you belong to me now because I spared your life. So you have to join my band of the Hawk. And so he does, doesn't he? Yep. And uh, slowly but surely, he you know, grows to, well, he becomes a part of the, the band and he, yeah, he sort of cheers up a little bit, doesn't he, for a while? It, yeah, it, it, you see him get like, I think he plays a pivotal role in some battle yeah. and some of the other members, particularly Caucus, who hates his guts. <laughs> guts. Lovely. So when you do an accidental pun, is it better to acknowledge that it was an accident or should you pretend you, pretend you meant it? Pretend you meant it. I could edit, I, I could still could, edit this yeah. and pretend I meant it. No one will ever know. So Caucus, who hates his guts... That's twice you've said that. <laughs> and um, But he, he he delivers, doesn't he, yeah. in this role. He slays umpteen. Can't even remember why they're having this fight or what the point of it is, but he kills a load of other knights and he's very brave. And they're all, wow, guts, you're amazing. Let's celebrate and have a <laughs> toast to you. And he's all like, oh, get away from me. I don't want any friends. <laughs> like, he's like a teenager. And uh, he like elbows Pippin in the face or something, doesn't he? <laughs> the, <one like. laughs> the guy's trying to carry him to his own party and he properly elbows him in the face and bursts his nose. But Rickett's the only one that, like, he was always really liked Guts because uh, he was so impressed by him and... Guts kind of nice to to him, and eventually uh, he sort of yeah becomes part of the band, and yeah. And it's got that thing of you realise it. Oh, we've seen Guts from a child all the way to now he's a man, and it's a couple of yeah. years later, and he's you know he's bigger, he's physically bigger, he's been training, he's in all these battles, he's massive, he's rock hard. His sword seems to get bigger <laughs> yes. as well. Did you think that? Oh, definitely. His sword's grown. And so, yeah, a big chunk of the series from this point is just the band of the Hawk being engaged. There's two uh, warring kingdoms, isn't there? One's called Midland, which is quite funny because it's, you know, like the Brummy Kingdom. <laughs> and they're, they're at war with the, what is it? Are they called Tudor? Aren't yeah. They? So yeah. It's, the Tew- it's not the Tudors and the Stuarts, it's like the Tudors versus the Midlanders. Yeah. And the band of the Hawk's been. St- hired by the struggling Midland Kingdom to, to try and mount a, you know, a bit of a counter-offensive or whatever. And you get the impression that, that you know they do such a great job, particularly with Guts' help, that they uh, start to become immensely successful. And there's a, a, a series of battles that they win with Griffith's incredible ingenious tactics and Guts' incredible horrifyingly brutal, gory <laughs> stacking yeah, the enemy to death. Pure determination. Which is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. 
And this is where we meet, uh, for a little while, your favourite character. Yep, Sarah Don. Just the best. <laughs> voiced, apparently voiced by the guy who uh, did Dr. Robotnik as well. And he's sort of similar. Yeah. Fat bloke, bit shit. And he just keeps coming up talking about his family history like this secret technique has been passed down through 200 years of the whatever his surname is family's history Kobolwitz uh, I think it is Kobolwitz the Kobolwitz family have been guarding this secret technique for 300 years and then his men are like and there's a brilliant one where he he kind of feigns defeat and then fires a crossbow and then claims that was some super secret technique i think he i think it's like for a thousand year old super secret technique from it's just brilliant running away and then shooting a crossbow that's the and he's and he's in it quite a bit he's one of the kind of main antagonists in this war and he gets like beat every single time Keeps losing to Griffith over and over again, but manages to escape every time. The best one being, he gets away from a castle, having just lost to Griffith, on a on a raft. Yeah. Um, and his soldiers who are in the moat, you know, having been escaped, they're trying to cling on, climb onto the raft. And he says, this raft is a precious family heirloom. <laughs> Tells them they're not allowed on it. <laughs> so good. And like, every time you see him, like, he's a little bit more disfigured from the fighting yeah he's got like by the end he's got bandaged up all over yeah. the place and he, he's got another uh, animal style suit of armour hasn't he remind me it's, it's a fish he's got, he's got his armour makes him look like a big fat fish for, I don't know why he thought that would be good but that's what he's gone for what would you have as your armour if you were if you had to have some Um do you have some yeah I probably just wouldn't fight <laughs> You'd be like a pacifist. I'd just do a, a coward, more like. But you could be an Adon-style coward and still have the cool armour. You, you don't have to fight, you just wear the armour. Maybe like a sloth. Yeah, that, like a rabbit. Yeah. Like a cute rabbit armour. Yeah. Sir Liam. That, yeah, that yeah. works for me. What about you? I would... Um, I, I'd see myself as being more as like your attendant... So I wouldn't fight either because I'd be too busy like snivelling and oh here you go master the the plans. No, I don't know. I I see you as a Griffith type character. <laughs> well, that's almost the biggest compliment I've ever been paid. I'd have to get a wig and some plastic surgery, and uh, and and so on. Well, or maybe not because whoa, oh, see God, where yeah. it ends up. It, it is worth mentioning at this point a couple of details we have failed to drop in. Is Griffith's interesting guts? is quite clearly and obviously a bit of a love interest as well, as a mutual respect one. Yeah. It certainly it certainly comes across that way, doesn't it? Yeah, there's like... There's even a scene where it's like, oh, Guts, I didn't see you there. Why don't you join me in the shower? And he's like, no, leave me alone. And then Griffith's <laughs> trying to splash him with water. It's really, like, homoerotic. Yeah. I mean, and we know, we learn, don't we, that Griffith is yet another character who's been abused in his past. But we also learn that he got his Band of the Hawks started by sleeping with some creepy old nobleman to get money out yeah. of him. Who's like still obsessed with him, isn't he? So it's unclear. Exactly. And he he comes back later as, as one of the villains. But So it's unclear whether Griffith is gay or whether he's been sort of, you know, forced into sleeping with some blokes for different reasons but it, it definitely strongly implies that Griffith has a bit of a crush on Guts yeah and it's kind of a love triangle really 
Griffith loves Guts. Guts loves Casca. Casca loves Griffith. Yeah. That, that lasts for a good chunk of the show, doesn't it? As a bit of underlying tension. It's also worth pointing out, though, that Griffith, as you mentioned with the, the sort of nobleman where he kind of just used it as a means to an end, it kind of do, does the same thing because the, the band of the Hawk, they become more and more successful and they kind of rise through society and... Griffith kind of targets Princess Charlotte. We'll get to this in a bit, but again, you get the impression that does he actually see her as a love interest, or is he just does he just see her as like a stepping stone? Um, so, so it is very ambiguous. You don't know where his kind of feelings lie, if he has any. Exactly, and it doesn't ever explicitly tell you as the viewer is he, you know, is he a gay man who loves guts. Or does he just see Guts as a tool? Does mm. he love Princess Charlotte, who he starts to express amorous things towards? So you're quite right. They become sort of, what's the word, like sort of duke, you know, nobles, basically. The band of the Hawk gets sort of promoted to the extent that he's got a place and, you know, the other snobby king's courtiers are like, oh, can you believe these commoners have been promoted? This is disgusting. And they, they're trying to plot against him. Uh, but yeah, you're unclear whether Griffith actually likes the princess or whether he's just scheming. Mm. Um, and it, this is where you start to get the impression. And again, Casca, you know, she clearly is is sort of besotted with this guy, but he he keeps her at arm's length, doesn't he? It's, yeah, it's not. It's all a bit one way. He's quite a closed book. Yeah, and you find out that his like ultimate ambition is to kind of well rule a kingdom, isn't it? And he wants to rule a kingdom. Yeah, and. Yeah, you you just you start to kind of notice that actually it, he is very single-minded, and is he just using sort of everybody really? Um, yeah, he's not quite as what's the word? He's not quite as altruistic yeah. and wonderful as he perhaps originally seemed, or still seems to all of his followers. Yeah, and, and one other detail about Griffith is that he has, and this is just weird for a big chunk of it. It's just dead weird and out of place. Because this is not in any way, you know, this is a very sort of straightforward medieval, it's medieval fantasy, but it's very much sort of Game of Thrones, feuding kingdoms and human character, you know, there's no dragons and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he's got this little crimson egg pendant that he clings onto and doesn't really talk about. And it's got like facial features, but all messed up and in the wrong order, like a nose yeah. and some lips and an eye. And it's called the Bailit. It's about B-E-H-E-L-I-T, which is not a word I've ever heard before. And that's just a slightly odd thing about Griffith from his past that he doesn't really explain. Hmm. And and he when he was given it, wasn't it there's like a fortune teller who kind of told him he would, you know, leave... You're destined to rule a kingdom, but you'll pay for it with your flesh and blood. And he he's very dismissive of that, isn't he, early on? Yeah. He's like, oh, this this old thing... He kind of laughs, he sort of laughs about it, but... There's something, it, it snags in your mind, doesn't it? Like, oh, well, if if this is just some silly bit of jewellery, why is he clinging, yeah. you know, why is he always wearing it all the time? And then there's a bit, there's a couple of things that happen with that. One is, one of the plot, um, the king's brother, I think it is, is plotting to assassinate Griffith because he doesn't like how he's insinuating his way into the king's good graces. And he hires a crossbow-wielding, you know, assassin. And they try. His plan is to kill Griffiths with a poison crossbow bolt while they're out on like hunting, mm. like on a hunting party with the king. And the guy successfully shoots Griffith, but 
the crossbow bolt is blocked by the bayonet, so he survives that attack. And mm. that's how I think he he, he realises that there's people out to get him in the court. Um, and he deploys Guts as a, you know, he's, he's, he's his number one guy. And he, de- he uses him as an assassin, doesn't yeah. he? To basically knock off some really senior... Ultimately, I think oh. he even he, bumps off the Queen. Yeah, Griffith does. Yeah, he burns, uh, burns him to death, doesn't he? Kills a Queen, kills the... Um, the really shocking thing about the Guts assassination was that he... Um, the, squ- the guy's kid walks in, so Guts kills the kid as well. It's like, really? Yeah. That's like, shit. And I think you're meant to get this sense that like Guts definitely regrets that and feels bad about it. But equally, he's, at this point, he's all in on the, I belong to Griffith, this man's incredible, I have to do what he says, that's my job. I'm his, I am a guy's right-hand man, I do his dirty work. Yeah. It's almost like, the story is Griffith's story told from the perspective of his henchman guts. Yeah, yeah. Which is quite cool. Yeah, I'd agree with that. One other thing, I'll just get a quick interjection to mention, is the soundtrack of this anime. Oh. Any any thoughts on the soundtrack? Fucking amazing. So good. And I'm, I'm trying to get hold of a copy, um, but it's really expensive. Oh, is it? Yeah, and it's, it's like... I keep listening to it on YouTube. Sort of shipping from Japan. Well, I just want it because um, I'm not... A, it might be on Spotify, I don't know, but I'm not on Spotify. I'm on Apple Music and it's not on there. Oh, okay. Um, so I think I would have to probably get the CD and put it onto my iTunes. But yeah, it's just... it's It's so out of place, but also it just kind of fits in perfectly as well it's it's like ja- japanese kind of rock band isn't it well I'd, I'd probably argue that the music in the show is just really really good and we'll yes. have hopefully use some at the intro of this episode and we'll you know we'll stick some in at the end as well if i can get it anywhere but then there's the music particularly the opening credits is just completely jarringly inappropriate I've yeah. no idea why they picked it. It's like a happy, up-tempo pop song sung by some Japanese bloke. It's just really funny. It so doesn't good. go with the show at all. But once you've heard it a few times, you've just become completely hooked and just keep singing. I might, if I can find it, I'm going to cut it in here. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it's, it's a banger. Yeah, it's so good. And like you said, though, actually, the, the music in the show is also genuinely very good. Um, guts theme, uh, 
can't remember what the other uh, names of the songs. I think there's one called Fear. Um, but yeah, just really good, good music. There's like a, there's one it always plays when something meaningful and deep and poignant is happening. And that's really good. And then there's something it plays when something horrible is happening. Yeah. And that's really good as well. I just, yeah, can't stop listening to it. It's ace. Yeah, really good soundtrack. Tell me what, tell me what, tell me what you want. Um, yeah, it's re- really fun soundtrack. Very good. So the band of the Hawk basically rise up, as, as we've described, to the point where Griffith is, you, just, you think he's potentially going to marry the princess. He's knocked off all his enemies. You wonder whether he's he's going to, in that way, become, the, what, the, the prince? Potentially yeah. heir to the throne because he's killed off the king's brother already. Um, you know, if the if she's going to become the queen, he'd be the king. It's it's certainly it's certainly heading that way, isn't it? She's kind of infatuated with him. He's given her signs that he likes her, and uh, as you he's say, doing he's everything right, knocked off all of his rivals. They've won the the war. There's peace in the kingdom. Does Adon die? Does Sir Adon get killed? I know there's more there's more credible baddies who also get killed like that. The proper general of the. See, I can't remember if you see him get killed, you know. I was hoping he was going to come back again. I, I was but. as well, but yeah, I can't recall seeing him, but I could be wrong there, because like I said, I did binge a lot of this in, in quick succession, but... There's a bit where he... Um, Suradon, like, caught... Guts and Casca end up falling off a cliff in a battle, and Guts has to rescue... Because Guts is trying to rescue her, and then she's weak and needs protecting, which makes her angry and uncomfortable because she's not used to this and she doesn't want to be a weak woman she wants to be strong but then an Adon I, th- I think he has to sort of protect her in a cave basically and Adon has his hundred men to come and finally kill them and Guts basically kills a hundred blokes yeah and this I guess this is where Casca realises oh this guy is maybe he's in love with me look at you know the extent he's going to to try and save me yeah, because they've always had like a, an antagonistic relationship, haven't they? She's always been really resentful of Guts because obviously she sees that Griffith yeah, likes him so much. But this is kind of where I think she falls for him, I, I, I think. And Guts, yeah, fends off a, a, a staggering, literally a hundred men and then this yeah. goes, becomes the stuff of legend. Somehow Adon gets away again, but with, you know smashed open head and one eye missing and all his teeth gets all his teeth knocked out (laughs) and he 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 unleashes like one of his soldiers is called samson who's absolutely massive who he reveals as his brother is adon's brother samson kobolwitz and you know and you're like well why didn't you just have him earlier in the battle before you lost (laughs) you idiot anyway um so yeah, everything's going well for Griffith, basically, in simple terms. And then Guts decides he's he's had enough. He just decides he's going to pack up and leave the Hawks. He, he, he doesn't... Well, well he, he, he weirdly hears Griffith telling Princess Charlotte that um, that weird quote when he's like, I can't be friends with someone who doesn't have like their own dream and their own ambition it's a really weird thing he says and guts overhears yeah. that and's like well if if we're going to be friends if you know i want you to respect me the same way i respect you so that's kind of behind his decision to to leave and pursue pursue his own dreams and his own goals yeah it's like until that moment when he overhears that he had been thinking that him and that Griffith viewed him as an equal. Yeah. 
because Griffith always treats him very respectfully and doesn't treat him like a minion. Mm. But I think he realised, oh, Griffith does think I'm a minion. To him, I'm, I'm not an equal. A bit, very odd thing for Griffith to say, though. And did he know Guts was there? And was he... That's what I don't understand, because he's quite... Um, he's shown to be very, very observant, isn't he, in, in court, because he knows exactly who is plotting against him. But it was like a rare slip yeah. where Griffith actually spoke from the heart without any machinations or hidden agenda for the first time at all. And he just revealed himself as being this quite cold, calculating, sort of narcissistic psychopath, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But yeah, but that, that obviously spurs Guts on to leave, which Griffith, oh, the band all tried to stop him because by this point, as we've said, they they all really respect him and... Especially Casca. Uh, and then, but Griffith comes to try and personally stop Guts from leaving, so they have another duel. And that bit's weird as well, isn't it? It's they're all there. It's almost like they're all bidding, wishing him a tearful goodbye. And you assume Griffith is is conveying the same sentiment. You know, thanks for all your years of service. Goodbye, old friend. But then he just whips his sword out and he's like, "No, you belong to me, Guts. You can't leave unless you defeat unless you win your freedom mm. from me." And it's like, "Whoa, this guy's a bit. It's getting a bit." possessive yeah you know? again which kind of points to the thing where you know his feelings for guts are slightly different than just you're my underling yeah and then the the, the actual duel they have i thought was brilliant it's like a proper like tense multiple close-ups on different characters monologue what's going to happen still a, a bit of snow drops off a of, branch and then suddenly they both charge towards each other and yeah we're back to the old who's got the hardest sword again and got chops Griffith's sword in half yeah. doesn't he and pauses with the blade you know millimetres away from Griffith's neck aka he's won the fight yeah and they're therefore allowed to leave and Griffith just kind of looks absolutely shocked and just kind of sinks to his knees in the snow and Guts just gives it a sort of like goodbye yeah. and then stomps off and and this is the real turning point in the in the whole thing. Oh yeah, um, and I, it I, turns remarkably quickly, really doesn't quickly. it? <laughs> so Griffith, kind of in a not sure, just like just a real sort of emotionally devastated Griffith makes a real bad error in judgment for like the first time ever, and he sort of creeps into Princess Charlotte's room and. Kind of forces her to sleep with him, but well, she, she, yeah, she's she's very young and innocent. It's not, it's not. I don't think, it, I don't think it is a rape scene, but it is. It's very insistent, forceful, and she yeah. goes along with it, and it's pretty uncomfortable. And yeah, not. It seems very out of character and a very odd thing for him to do, and you sort of see. I think I can't remember if it's the next day, and she's kind of lying there in bed looking all, what happened? And he's sort of clawing at himself like he does. And he's like thinking about guts. So it's all this weird mashup, isn't it? Of like sex, guts. He's devastated because he's left or is he devastated because he's lost Mm. for the first time and he no longer owns, you know, this thing that he was in possession of has has got away from him. And it's all very odd like you say sort of out of character decision that he's made to go to go to her in that way yeah and and 
of course he's also they're also seen through the keyhole by one of her serving ladies so it gets yeah. back to you know everybody the, the king basically that uh, Griffiths yeah has had his way with his daughter and death and so Griffiths is is captured and imprisoned and tortured for uh, for, for for treason for, I think it was I think it was a year Jesus. because and it's brutal isn't it? yeah you see, be, you see because the, the next the next episode you oh. guts you see what guts has been up to and he's been kind of living the quiet life you know training and you know testing his sword skills with this family yeah, he's just just chopping up logs with the blacksmith wasn't it <laughs> yeah he goes back to the blacksmith and like i don't know chops up a load of logs for some reason and he enters enters some fight into fighting compositions for a laugh as well yeah that's right Seems yeah. having a great time and then you find out through another character that that now the band of the hawks is being band of the hawk is being hunted um because obviously yeah. they're you know, seen as complicit with with what Griffith did. What Griffith was doing. And they, they escaped. And so it's I find this really sad because they Yeah. They done so well to like climb through society and just how proud they were when they were at that sort of formal ball like yeah. Crocus and um yeah just yeah, really like, can you believe it we finally yeah. made it you know they, they were also even the even the annoyance the sort of miserable guy was like happy yeah. for once and you know they they work so hard and then you know griffith does what he does and suddenly he's captured tortured he's uh, cocked uh, it up and they and they're yeah. runaways they're just uh, what's the word i'm looking for outlaws again yeah so yeah i find, i just find that really sad um I agree, and like, because all the thing is, other than Caucus, who is a bit of a dick, the rest of it, Casca, uh, Pippin, Judo, yeah. Rickett, they're all just really nice. Yeah, they? so they all really deserve it, and like, they've fought so hard, and they're all such lovely people. It's like it is. You're like, oh no, I can't believe it's all gone wrong. This is this is terrible. And you you kind of think like, will they ever get it back? It's like obviously they're gonna try and rescue. Um, Griffith but you know they'll will they ever get it back and yeah I don't know it's just really sad and anyway long story short uh Guts reunites with the band of the hawk and they decide to go and rescue Griffith after like I said about a year of him being tortured and we at this point so we as the viewer have seen him being tortured yeah. and it's pretty graphic with some you know little weaselly torture yeah. sticking blades into it it's really unpleasant and he's weirdly they've got him strung up naked but with his hawk helmet yeah. still on so he can only see out of that slight kind of yeah visor but you still I think at this point you might still believe as as the band of the hawk do that he can be yes. rescued yes. and it'll and therefore everything will be yes. fine and he can take over leading them and they can find some other you know they might go and sign up for the other kingdom they could go and yeah and, and once again they can yeah climb back up and but oh, alas, um, it does not pan out that way. Well. well, with the help of Princess Charlotte, actually, they they yeah. are allowed to gain entry into the um, the dungeon. dungeon. And this is kind of this back the time when we first start seeing more of the sort of supernatural stuff. So it's awesome. It's so good. Like yeah, the first episode of the entire thing, which is set in the present, I suppose. Um, you obviously see, you know, the, the, a demon and 
and whatnot. But for the rest of the series in flashback form, you haven't really seen anything that supernatural. It's just been purely about the band of the Hawk and, you know, the kind of brotherhood they share in the, their success in battles. And, but then you just start seeing some of this sort of weird otherworldly stuff. Yeah. Just it's, it's really good though. And like Griffith, because for a little while you, you might think it's just Griffith's in Griffith's head because you see this bit where he's lying on the cold floor having spent another day getting tortured and like a brick slides out of place in the wall and this like red blob monster multiple headed thing sort of scuttles in from outside and starts going like oh dear sweet prince yeah. you are soon going to leave like us. we wanted to see like, yeah see what they done to you or something and they look a lot like the messengers in in bloodborne i think yeah another another inspiration definitely but you could perceive that as being griffith is hallucinating yeah, yeah. because he's suffering the effects of torture but but then i think there is an actual demon appears in the um in the forest and terrorizes some like, I'll tell you actually I'll tell you one thing we probably should have said there is one episode where one of they do come across a demon like a legendary you're quite right uh, Nosferatu Zod Nosferatu Zod which is a stupid name but uh, a, a, a very impressive uh, fella isn't he he's like he basically is he is able to defeat guts in one-on-one combat he's like an unbeatable war demon but he and he appears, doesn't he, in some on some battlefield for no apparent yeah, reason. Yeah, apparently the legend being that whenever there's bloodshed, you know, he's there, sort of. Yeah, he'll rock up to enjoy it, and he yeah, he batters guts and Griffith. Well, guts kind of batters him, and then he transforms into like his true form, like his demon form, and then he batters uh, guts, which he's a bit like a big minotaur, yeah, bull thing, um, and and also but then he stops. Yeah, he stops because he sees the the pendant on the Griffith. How, how do you pronounce it? The I, I, I'm saying Bailet. Bailet. Yeah, he sees that and it kind of makes some sort of like, oh, he even warns Guts, doesn't he? Like, this man will be the death of you, that, that kind of thing. But he, he basically lets them leave. Yeah, and that that's another, mass, not, not a clue, it's another massive, you know, very clear statement that the bailit is important. Exactly, and that was quite early on in the series, and you don't really, again, uh, so, okay, they have had the kind of supernatural stuff before this, but you, I'd almost forgotten about it by this stage. Me, me too, completely. It's like from way out of like left field when this this finale kicks it. And there's just this amazing bit in the in the woods where you see well, Paul Rickett comes across all these demons, and they're just so fucking creepy, hellish design, horrible, weird, really weird. Really you weird. know, like. You know, if you, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, it's happened to me. You're in a different country on holiday and you see a big, massive insect, the like of which you've never seen before. You wouldn't see at home in the UK. And it's like a monster, like a monster, you know, like a fist sized, scuttling, winged. And you're like, oh, Jesus, what the hell is that? Poor little brain can't comprehend. And it is a bit like that, isn't it? Like some of the stuff in the woods, it's like one of them's like a sort of a butterfly, like a green moth person but it's like eating people because it seems because Rickett by the water sees this like kind of butterfly thing and thinks it's a fairy like a yeah so kind of follows it back to where his 
the rest of the like wounded men were and yeah they're just being basically torn apart by these these demons and you kind of you don't really get any closure from that so you kind of assume that Rickett was killed as well but um, you kind of find out if you read the manga etc that he actually survived but because yeah. I like I like him as well, um, but yeah. So again, this is like your second thing. Like, oh shit, yeah, this world. Like, what's going on? Why are these demons suddenly appearing? And then it kind of cuts back to the to the rescue mission, uh, and they finally get to Griffith. And and this is where you realise for the first time how absolutely fucked he is. Like, he's skeletally thin, barely alive. He's had all the tendons in his arms and legs slashed so he can't stand up or move properly. He's had his tongue cut out so he can't speak. And he's basically gone completely stark raving bonkers and doesn't seem to know even what's going on. And, yeah. It's devastating, isn't it? Remember how handsome he was? Yeah, this is the other part. So... The, the oh. breakup of the band and the fall from grace of the band that that made me really sad and then when you see the extent of his you know injuries and that was the other bit it was like oh man like it's over it's over the dream's over there's no coming back from this and Griff and Guts is clearly completely torn because he's obviously angry and infuriated that this has been done to his friend but he's also feels guilty because it's sort of feels like it's his fault for leaving because it kind of happened that yeah and Oh, I forgot to mention that we should mention by this point, Casca and Guts have, have kind of got together. together, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. So they've, they're, they're sort of like an item now, which is which is very fleetingly nice. Mm. But um, yeah, now, now she's going to be all torn because it's like her her bow Guts is, you know, she's going to she remembers how she used to feel about Griffith, and now look at the state of him, and it's kind of Guts feels responsible, so she feels yeah. guilty sad for him it's just a whole emotional horrendous just a car crash in it for all of them basically um yeah uh, and then basically yeah so they rescue him they're trying to escape uh griffith end up overhears them talking and just takes over one of the carts maybe to try and kill himself i don't know Guts, yeah, Guts basically single-handedly pretty much kills off all yeah. the king's followers who were trying to chase them so they do escape and then Griffith, as you say, does a runner in like a wagon. He's, he's like using his teeth, isn't he, to like mm. pull the reins to make the horses go. Because he's been all bandaged by Casca and he's all pathetic and shriveled and he can't move. And he just... and the rest of the band haven't been able to like see him because they, like they don't want them to see him because it would just devastate them all. The state that he's in. And then he, yeah, the car crashes in some quagmire. Oh, Forgot to mention, of course, his bayonet has been torn from yeah. him by the torturer and tossed down a grid. So, if there was one artifact that he felt might be bringing him good luck, you know, it fended off mm. Nosferatu Zod and it blocked the crossbow bolt. Like even that's gone now. Um, he's just he's just in with his bandages and his helmet still on and his just frail body. And he yeah he crashes out of the car, breaks his arm, and then it, there's like a, a little sort of stalag stalag might nearby just growing in the you know like the spiky bit of rock basically in the water and he goes over to it as if he's just going to jam his neck onto it and kill himself but then just at the last moment and before the others can catch up to him the bayonet just floats past mm. like it's been washed away down the drain and ended up in this river that he's ended so he gets it back um, and that scene when he looks at the bayonet and it 
all the facial features reorder themselves yeah. and then it starts screaming. That I thought that was amazing. So good, yeah. I've got goosebumps thinking about it. It's so good. Uh, and then, yeah, the whole surroundings turn to like a, what, a, a blood-soaked hellscape where the ground and the sky seem to be made of people's screaming faces that are all knitted together. Basically, it just goes... There's an eclipse, isn't there? Uh, which we'd kind of, That's it, we'd just been kind of foretold, hadn't it, that something was going to happen at the eclipse, and um, and it just goes absolutely batshit crazy. It's there's dead, monstrous, demon, zombie things rise up out of the water. This is just as Guts and Casca and all the others arrive to try and catch up to Griffith, and they're like, "What the hell is happening?" And 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 so they're all kind of been bought into this sort of weird alternative universe of hellish monstrosities yeah it's just demonic shenanigans really great um art design you know just so good horrible horrifying the demons are are really disturbing to look at and there's sort of four i guess kind of big cheese Mm. boss demons that the the god the god hand yeah which is another video game reference by the way of course god hand on the ps2 which you got me into. Great game. We, just to quickly touch on if we, we haven't explicitly said. So yeah, Final Fantasy VII. A capable warrior with long flowing white hair and a surly mercenary protagonist with a massive sword. Like, that Final Fantasy VII has lifted its two main characters from Berserk, hasn't it, yeah, basically? Yeah, I think Griffith even ends up with the old one-winged angel armour in, in later stuff. Just like Sephiroth did. I mean, you could certainly make a case that Cloud and Guts are very different characters, but the big sword. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, it's yeah. There's a, there's there's clearly an inspiration yeah. there, if nothing yeah. else. Um, but yeah, so the God Hand, the group of four demonic um, scumbags, uh, have decided, or maybe they've always known that since he acquired the Bailet, or maybe he acquired the bailet because this was the, always the intention that Griffith was going to become a fifth member of the God Hand, a demon prince, and he was going to join, they want him to join their sort of despicable, sinister gang. And there's that whole flashback, isn't there, about young, where young Griffith is sort of, he's talking about his dream and how he always had this dream and he, he always clung to it and he knew he would rule a kingdom. And then you sort of realise, oh, oh, shit, this is this is how it's going to come true. He's going to rule over a hellish demon kingdom. Mm. And, and and in order to do so, his band uh, will have to be sacrificed. Apparently that's the rules. If you want to be a demon lord, you have to sacrifice all your mates, says the, says the, says the demon handbook. And you get that really horrible bit when Griffith you know he can still choose not to sacrifice them I mean I think the demons could have just torn him up anyway but he mm. embraces it doesn't he and well, I can't remember what he what does what does he say I think he says I submit I submit yeah but, but, but he, he, he before that he's looking at guts and he, he sort of I can't remember exactly what he says but he sort of insinuates that it's almost like oh you it's all your fault you came along and you distracted me from my dream and my path so it's almost like you know by making me have whether it's feelings for him or whether it's just respect for another person or you know meeting someone to whom he did not feel superior just 
weight caused him to waver enough that he made a mistake. He made yeah. a mistake, didn't he? Which went and slept with a princess, which seemed like an odd thing to do, but anyway. And so it's like he blames Guts for his mm. absolutely terrible state that he's now in of being skeletally thin and unable to walk and speak and just, you know, he's never... Gonna, what's he going to be? He's just you know, husk of his former self. And so he's like, fuck it, I'm going to... I'll take the demon... I'll take the gambit. Yes, I'll you know I'll do it. I'll join you, kind of thing. Yeah, oh. devastating. Sad. Yeah, really and, devastating. And then all the band of the hawk, except for guts and Casca, are horribly brutally slaughtered by demons. Yeah, and we you get it goes on for bloody ages yeah. as well. It's about two full episodes of watching all these nice people get eaten and mutilated. It's not. It's not pleasant. And you don't actually see Guts or Casca escape, but you know Guts does, because obviously he's in the first episode. But you don't see that Casca... Oh, there's one other big thing we need to probably mention as well. Casca, Griffith... Oh, the rape scene yeah. that occurs. Yeah, which, which is... Which so is Griffith rapes Casca in front of Guts, which and it's, wasn't... I didn't think it was clear that that's what he was doing. I thought it looked, but but I guess that was maybe just tone yes, down for, yeah. the, for the TV. You know, it looked like he was kissing her, looking at guts, like, look, you know, she's mine now. There's nothing you can do about it. But and and his look says they managed to convey that perfectly, don't they? That he's like, I'm not doing this because yeah. I feel anything for this woman. I'm doing this purely because I know it upsets you. Ha ha ha! You know, you watch what look what I'm doing. And, and guts at this point, like he's his arm, like his eye may have already gone by this point, but he's yeah, he gets his eye gouged out by a demon, and his arm is being held in place by another one's mouth, and he he, yeah, he chops, chops his, his own, own arm off to, to get out of there, to get to it. So that explains obviously why he's got the cannon arm, um, and yeah, it's just a really brutal. It, yeah, brilliant ending though. Really good. Horribly brilliant. Yeah. Really disturbing. And and the next time I and I suppose I did, again I did it in the wrong order, but in the other series, so guts, you know, one eyed, one armed, miserable, misery guts, <laughs> full of vengeance, hates Griffith, obviously. Um, Casca is like a what's the word I'm looking for? She's completely lost her mind. She's like um, can't speak. Yeah. She's sort of simple, simple minded for want of a better phrase. She's She's like a sort of mentally handicapped yeah. person, which is really sad as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I actually went back and watched the first episode again after the the eclipse, how it, after it ended. And yeah, you just, you kind of see, okay, well, Guts does make sense now. Um, yeah, he's a bit of a prick, but... I can sort of understand why he's not the happiest, happiest bloke in the world. But still, you know, still... Fighting the good fight, still sticking up for the little man, so to speak. But uh, yeah, um, but yeah, God. so good and really devastating. I was really sad actually by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, because because Griffith's not he is not portrayed until the end. He's not a villain. No, you question his motives at times, and he comes across as a bit narcissistic or possibly you know you never quite trust that he is doing anything other than for himself ultimately. He is just lovely, charismatic, mm. and he's and his hair is his oh, hair so is so nice. nice. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, just really sad, and but it just made me completely fall in love with Berserk. And as I say, yeah, we've both been reading the manga, um, 
we both watched the we both watched the 2016 series. I'm not a, a big fan of it. I can see why people slagged it off because the animations. Quite, a bit yeah, the animations pretty shit, isn't it? Um, the yeah. first series, I think, had its moments. I, I liked lots of things in the first series, especially that evil religious dude. Yeah, was he Father Mosgus? Yeah, he he was he, a good. He, sma- villain. he smashes his face into the floor a thousand times a day. Yeah, to to show his to show his love of God. And, and I think the second season, in the middle of second season, it was just shit. But it yeah. started and yeah. finished quite well. I thought. And, and I don't know whether that's that that could be a reflection of the manga. Like I don't know if of over its multi-decade span, whether it's gone up and down in quality. And I, I googled it, obviously, you know, earlier today, just to, when I was doing a bit of research. And it's like the creator has just announced that he's doing another, you know, another arc is going to come out. And you know, when you think, God, gee, why don't you just finish it, like write an mm. ending? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that is always the worry, isn't it, when something goes on for too long. It, it loses it but uh, I don't know I'm, I'm looking forward to reading the rest of them yeah and, and as a thing in its own right that, that 90s anime series is almost like a little perfect perfectly yeah. horrible but it's I would say like normally in a story there's like conflicts and things go wrong and you know you, you have to overcome basically everything goes absolutely swimmingly for 19 episodes <laughs> everything <laughs> goes really well they win every battle easily no one dies they kill all their enemies. And then just in the last six episodes, it goes completely, absolutely horribly wrong. It's like a really weird structure for a story. Which is probably why it's so devastating. Why I think the demon stuff is so memorable and why the story itself is so devastating because it lulls you into that kind of false sense of security. And even when uh, Griffith was captured, as we mentioned earlier... I don't know about you, but I still had that belief that, yeah, they'll rescue him. And I kind of knew, obviously knew it wasn't going to work out, but still had that hope, man, you know. God damn. Yeah. And, I mean, it it basically would be equivalent. We talked about Lord of the Rings before. Imagine if the ending of Lord of the Rings was everyone gets killed (laughs) by Sauron, including Gollum and Frodo and Sam and Gandalf. In just a really brutal way. But one person survives... Say Aragorn and no, can it can it be sure? <laughs> yeah. Why no? Because he didn't die because nothing bad happened until the end. Can it be Gimli? Yeah, and then Gimli exactly, survives. and then he spends the rest of his life hunt with a gun with arm. a gun arm, mercilessly hunting down orcs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. If the, can someone make that? That would be quite good. Yeah, Gimli with a gun arm hunting orcs, and he's like giving all these quippy one-liners with. Instead of Griffith being the ultimate aim, Sauron being the ultimate. Yeah, and he's like, you know, I ought to kill you. Hey, very good. Or actually, Frodo does use the ring, and like Griffith, he sort of sells everyone out and becomes the new overlord. He would have to, basically, he would have to chop Sam's arm, yeah, use the ring to replace Sauron as an overlord, chop Sam's arm off, yeah. Have sex with Gollum in front of him. <laughs> yeah. And then Sam would have to be a one-armed, one-eyed revenge machine. No, hang on. Who was the one Sam liked? The woman Sam liked? Um, oh. Can you think of her name? Yeah, you'd have to kill kill the gaffer. Take... This has gone very dark. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. What was her name? Rosie, that was it. 
So yeah, Frodo should have to have Rosie. have sex with Rosie in front of Sam. <laughs> Sam. Get, get Gollum to chop his arm off. Kill the gaffer, yeah. Kill Gollum. And yeah, um, there you go. I think that's a better ending. So that would mean Sam would have to survive though, and Sam would be guts. Yeah, that's the that's the the, the best bit is the idea of Sam becoming like guts, <laughs> and he's like there. Yeah. Or Master Frodo, you bastard! <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna hunt you till the end of your days with my gun arm. Oh, why'd you do it, Master Frodo? Why? <laughs> <laughs> You're a sick man. That's uh, great. I, I like this. Is Berserk in the Hall of Pain? Now, I just realised at the beginning of the episode we didn't actually explain what the Hall of Pain was because I haven't I haven't done a laugh this episode. Oh yeah, well, sorry, I didn't mean to deprive you of That's that opportunity. Right. You probably had one lined up. I reckon you put a lot of effort into preparing your laughs. So I, I yeah, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, so here more, we go. more effort than I do with research and whatnot. So the Hall of Pain is, of course, our sinister... Uh, I use the word sinister too much. Let's come up with something different. The Hall of Pain is a Hall of Fame for only the darkest, murkiest, most depraved... Sleaziest... <laughs> Fictional <laughs> creations, and uh, only only the very best, only the very grimmest of the grim, will make it into its hallowed, haunted halls. And that place again is the Hall of Pain. Ha ha! <laughs> <laughs> worth wait. That was worth the build up. Yeah, I think so. Very good. Um. <laughs> Before we sum it up, is there anything else we want to say about Guts? So, 97 anime series, brilliant. There are some movies which basically also retell the uh, Golden Age arc, which came before the 2016-17 series, which is a bit meh. Um, Video games, I've been playing some of those, the Dreamcast game, and we both bought the PlayStation 4 game, didn't we? Which is basically Dynasty Warriors. Bit shallow, as with all Dynasty Warriors games, but kind of makes sense for... I think as a, I don't know if you listened to the Bonfireside Chat um, Berserk episode, but um, they mention actually this was obviously before that PS4 game came out, and I can't remember which one, but it says it it would like a Berserk video game would work as like a Dynasty Warriors game, and obviously that's what happened, which is quite that's a funny nice touch. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I suppose I yeah I bought it even despite its painful fifty quid price tag because I thought oh being gut one man army guts hacking yeah. his way through loads of soldiers on a battlefield chopping their arms and legs off this sounds amazing but I just found it really lightweight didn't feel crunchy and satisfying. It just, How many missions what, did you do? Literally the tutorial. Oh, okay. So I need I need to give it more of a chance. I think the next mission is better though, yeah, because you actually fight like you fight the Onion Knight, for example. In oh, all right then, okay. It, 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 it there's a bit more to it. It's it's basic Dynasty Warriors. It's exactly. I used to be really into Dynasty Warriors when like PS2 first came out, and it's exactly as I remember it. So nothing oh, changed, okay. and it's it's fun in like a really shallow turn your brain off kind of way but it's never going to win any you know game euros but it is quite cool being guts and the dreamcast game as well i'm actually weirdly quite liking it even though the camera is just fucking terrible um but it's really story driven uh which i'm just really surprised by how kind of like the first cutscene goes on for about 10 minutes oh that's interesting and it's also got like quick time events in it which were kind of unusual at the time, this because it came out about the same time as Shenmue. Um, 
Yeah, so it's just quite an interesting sort of curiosity, really. Yeah, and there's a general consensus I've detected from the internet that fans of the manga think that it's ne- none of the games or the animes or the movies have, have quite done it justice. No, and no. It's this kind of classic that's never quite been properly realised. Although there does seem to be, the general consensus is that the 90s anime is very good and the more yeah. recent one is quite shit. But I yeah. still quite enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So there we go. There's Berserk. Great characters. Guts, brilliant anti-hero. Griffith, really oh, complex yeah. villain. What a character. Um, really strong female lead Casca who mm. gets subjected to some bloody horrible shit by the end and that she doesn't deserve and loads of really likeable other characters and it's just they're good just definitely watch it read it yeah Whoa. buy the soundtrack and if you're into you know if you like it and never played a Souls game then play Souls as well or maybe if you've never heard of either start with the Souls games if you like those go back and check out Berserk We'll see how it influenced it. Yeah. Hall of Pain? Absolutely. It's in. It's yeah. solidly in. Definitely. Although we need, might need to reinforce the door to stop Guts from breaking out and chopping our arms and legs off, which I wouldn't fancy. Casca! Liam! Um, so is that it then? I think we're done, aren't we? I think so. Any, any out, have we come up with any slick outro? Nope. It's good. That's why change the habit of a. I'll lifetime. tell you what we should uh, put in. Actually, you know the um, voiceover at the beginning of the anime. Who I think is 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 the god hand guy. He's the guy. brain one. Yeah, yeah. He's the main god hand guy. It's brilliant. Yeah, the yeah. opening narration, the narrator's voice, really incongruous narration that doesn't make any sense until the ending. He is one of the demons. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm hoping to put that at the beginning. As yeah. like the intro. I totally, yeah. So hopefully people have already heard that, but um Yeah, go back and listen to it again <laughs> in context now you've got <laughs> yeah. the backstory. Um but yeah, just really good. Um Go on, do do without without Googling it, just try and do the quote just from memory, just see if you can see what you come up with. It'll be really it, funny. It's something along the lines of Do do the voice as well. Is man tied to his own fate or is fate controlled by the gods does anybody know what's going to happen I don't now listen to this really catchy pop song <laughs> and look at this egg yeah yeah it's all about it's all about fate isn't it and what uh, yeah does man control his own fate or is it this fucking egg yeah that's basically word for word basically yeah it. Nailed there. I also I also feel like we've got a couple of new characters we can use now for our skits, which we haven't done in a while. Yeah, we haven't we haven't done a skit for a while. I would relish the opportunity to to put um, who would you put, which one which character specifically are you wanting to? Well, you could have you could have guts. You could have Griffith. I think he just shouts Griffith and Gusca a lot. And you could have brain brain demon. What's his name? He's like the head of the God Hand, isn't he? Uh, Steve. I think it was Steve, wasn't it? Yeah, Vo- uh, Void. Void. Oh, is that it? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. That's pretty cool. The name is Void. Steve Void. <laughs> yeah, that's his first name. Yeah. John, Vo- John Void, like the actor. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so there you go. No, well, no outro, but speak- you expect nothing less. Speaking of fate, 
it is your fate to listen to a little tacked on bit that I'm going to record later where I try and persuade you to give us a five star review and follow us on social media and stuff. And then it is hopefully your fate to go and watch Berserk. And Liam, it's your fate to uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. And you. Thank, thank you very much. See you all soon. In this world, is the destiny of mankind controlled by some transcendental entity or law? Is it like the hand of God hovering above? At least it is true that man has no control, even over his own will. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, yeah, I didn't end up putting that extract at the beginning, so I tacked it on the end. And as you can see, we got it pretty much word for word. <clears throat> uh, yes, hope you enjoyed that episode. We sure did. And we'll be back very soon with more dark, sinister, scary, creepy natterings. Uh, as usual, if you want to help us out, it would be great if you'd spread the word about the show and or leave us a five-star review and or contact us at dark underscore natter on twitter or at dark natter podcast on instagram or send us a pigeon not even a carrier pigeon just a pigeon just would be nice as a gift uh, anything at all and we would love to hear from you and uh, you will definitely hear from us in another couple of weeks goodbye everybody and don't have nightmares